the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download and listen to for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and this week my guest is Dave Gillam from Abercorn Garden Centre here in Chompsford. Coming up, we'll be answering your questions on everything from figs to brooms. Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. We give you some of the ideas of jobs you could be doing in the garden this week. And Dave Gillam's my guest today. Now, Dave, come on, what's up first? Well, I know, I know, I, I shouldn't even be. guess. It's got to be dahlias, <laughs> It's got to it? be. So, so dahlias, yeah. It's been a really good year this year for them. It's been a warmth later in the year. It's kept them going. Um, but the problem can be we're waiting for frosts to cut them down and start lifting the tubers if that's what we're going to do. Getting a lot of winds, and obviously 30 years ago we got a lot of wind. Um, they're going to damage the plants, and you can have them going over splitting the stems and causing damage to the roots so it goes right down into the into the yes root. you can you can split the the crown really as it comes out of the ground so i'll tend to go through and just cut the plants back by half so there's less wind resistance and then let the frost do what they need to do and then we can dig them out as and when the frost come however they're still flowering they it are it seems a shame to take the flowers off doesn't it it's gonna it's gonna come to an end soon and you don't want to lose the plant just for the sake of a little bit of color for the last couple of weeks they are, they've been fantastic. How have you done on the shows this year? Oh. Come on, I bet you've won some prizes, haven't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, very good. Three years out, back to it. And, uh, yeah, I've got best exhibit at the national show this year and the Kent Championship and the God, Surrey Championship. You've so done well. Not too bad. He hasn't done too badly with his dahlias. <laughs> uh, there's a man who knows his dahlias, as I say, not onions. But we <laughs> might know his onions and his dahlias. Right, leaf mould. Now, not enough people collect leaf, do they? In fact, no. I think it's sad that... A lot of people burn leaf, which yeah. is terrible waste, isn't it? Uh, leaves have started to fall. They've stopped again because it's gone mild again, but they will be falling on a regular basis. One of the easiest ways, yes, you can mix them in the compost. Nothing wrong with that at all. No. works really well. But one of the other ways is actually just to bag them into black bags. Stuff them in the corner, but you can mix in with it something like garoterol, just a sulphate of ammonia, which will help to rot them down quicker. You just tie the bag up. Forget it. Leave yeah. them in the corner. And within about a year, it is about a year, yeah, isn't it? It's a good year. You will get leaf mould. And then that is a lovely material to put back on the on the ground. If you fork your leaves in, especially with oak and beech, they just don't rot. No, they're there forever. So, you know, quite honestly, you are better to compost them or make leaf mould than you are to push them in the back of the beds. Don't you reckon so? We, we often get people coming in asking for leaf moulders if you can buy it. And you can't, you can't buy it. it's not so made, is it? If you want it, you've got to make it. Make it yourself. So, well, there you are. There's, a, there's a bit of a tip. On the allotments, if you're not going to grow through the winter um, on there, then you can actually use green manures, so field beans and things like that that will, they grow and they lock nitrogen in the roots of the plant. So you just grow them, and then once they've grown to a point, normally just before flowering, just turn them into the ground. You're digging in all that natural nitrogen and natural food into the ground. So if you're going to leave it and do it, and it's especially this time here, the sun's shining, it's, it's quite, quite a mild. Nice, nice job, isn't it? And get it germinated um, and get it going, and it's a good natural way of adding something back into the ground. When would you dig it in? In the spring? Early spring. So normally when they start flowering, if you're using things like field beans and that, it's mm. time to sort of think that they're going to give their best and just, just cut the tops off, 
dig the roots in. It's the roots that are, are locking that nitrogen. Don't want to do too much of the green stuff in because that'll end up taking it back out when you uh, when it composts in the ground. So it's just got to gives it something to cover. Better of that than weeds. When I grew a big boulder at my mum and dad's house all those years ago, I used to plant summer bedding and nothing else. Well, a mm. bit of veg mixed in with it. And I always used to dig that straight back into the ground before <laughs> I planted my spring bedding, yeah. which is uh, a bit unusual. Not many people do that, but the Crowley used to do that. <laughs> anyway, talking of your veg plots, um, if you're going to dig it, which you're suggesting with green manure you wait till the spring but if you do think oh it's a bit messy my ground yeah. i'm going to dig it over just leave it rough don't ever break it down at this time yeah. of year because you want the weather to get to it but there are a few things if you break your soil down you can get your broad beans in this month yeah. um and garlic of course traditional time is october stroke november isn't yeah. it for garlic um get in some garlic garlic's becoming much more popular so if you're going out and buying it and, of course, you've got your overwinter onion sets yeah. as well. So there are a few things that you could put in one end of your veg plot and then perhaps dig the rest over. And not forgetting, if it is a mild winter and you've got some cloches or some covers, you could even grow some winter lettuce, maybe even a bit of spring onion. Yeah. Depends on the weather, yeah. doesn't and it? even radish sometimes. Yeah, radish just sometimes. Turn it around worth in a, try, in a few weeks. It's at worth this time of year. We don't know what weather's coming, so... Quite often you think, I wish I had done that because we would have got away with right. it. Never know. So the, if you're going to do that when a clumpy dig, or I, I call it just, it just is a, a clumpy rough, dig, it isn't is it? Rough dig. You want to see it looking like mountain peaks because you want yeah. the weather to get to it. It's good if you've been growing on the same allotment or same ground for a number of years. All the sort of trace elements and things do come out of the ground. The plants will use them up. So there is a, a, a thing called rock dust. It is just ground substrate rock. So it's what's really under the soil. If you ever dig mm. down far enough... And naturally, that's what's adding the nutrients into your soil over time. But we sort of intensively grow these crops and it uses up the base elements very quickly. So you could add that and it is just a ground dust, but you add it over the soil, but it will need the winter to break into the soil to release the nutrients ready for growing. Not something you can just go like we've grown more and you the, just the chuck standard it on, ones, it chuck it on and it works. You've got to plan ahead. So mm. it's a good time pre the winter just to put these trace elements which are quite important on mass yes. um, for, for plant growth into the ground. So think ahead and get that done. Have you yourself used that actually on, on, on veg or do you use it on your more, dahlias? More as well? for the flowers because the flowers and dahlias are very hungry plants. And mm. it is the, the, the simple things, the nitrogen and potash, we can add very easily yeah. just through liquid or feeds. granules. Yeah. But the, the trace elements, things like magnesium as well, which plants use a lot. So when you start seeing a little bit of yellowing in the plants, it's often not nitrogen, it's the magnesium that's, that's gone. Um, and it will add for colour of the flower and just the general health of the plant improves if you keep those bits in the ground. So there's some good tips. Dave Gillam's used it himself as well on, <laughs> on his it, daily. Done it. <laughs> now that's why you've won your daily awards, <laughs> It's isn't all about it? the dust. <laughs> the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11. Next, myself and Dave will be answering your gardening questions and we'll start with Roger in Colchester. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Dave. Morning. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about purchasing a fig tree. Yep. It will be growing in a container when the container is, uh, shall we say, two foot in diameter and 16 inches deep. Yeah. And I was going to put it in and join in his number three. Not bad so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it still could be a tiny bit small unless you uh, control the size of the plant. Because, yeah, they, you know, they're very hungry things and they can grow big. Yeah, I've heard that if you restrict the roots, they also fruit weathers. Yeah, they do. Oh. It's just the, the balance between restricting it. So quite often you'll, you'll pot it into that sort of pot size pot and then put that into the ground um, so that some roots might make it out of the pot, but the restriction is still there. And also it'll, yeah. dry, it'll dry out a lot more if, it, if the pot's too so small, which yeah. will then, the fruit can drop during that period. So as long as you, you're sort of prepared as you grow it, I would um, get a young plant. Um, quite often in the garden centres you'll go in and you'll see a lot of uh, figs and they've been trained to be half standards and, and shapes. They're often Italian um, grown and they're not really specifically fruiting varieties like we'd normally have or want to grow. The one I'd always recommend if you can get it is, is fig uh, brown turkey. Have you bought it already or are you getting one? No, I'm getting one, Ken. Um, okay. I'm actually replacing a couple of trees they have got in. They're actually um, fruit trees on dwarf stock. Okay. Um, they're in containers. I'm actually replacing a couple of them this year. Mm. And I thought, well, this is the time of year we need to do it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I thought, well, I'll get a silver fig tree and yep. possibly a fig tree as well. Good. Yeah. I mean, there are there are other varieties. I I've always grown brown uh, brown turkey, but I mean, you've got Brunswick and you've got another one that's Dory. There, uh, there are a few more around, but brown turkey is it's a good one old, you're most likely it's to a good be able to get favorite. as well. All yeah. right. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank okay. You. And he's got the right John in his as well, hasn't he? Spot on. Uh, Alan from Braintree. Hello, Alan. Good morning, Ken. Thank you for taking my call. Pleasure. It's, it's to do with the hydrangeas. I've mm-hmm. got. Hydrangeas in at the back garden, and I've got hydrangeas in the front, and the three of them on the front are absolutely haven't flowered very well, but they're absolutely covered in a, like a, a two millimetre white sticky. It's on the leaves and on the stalks, and yeah. I tried to spray them, and it's made no difference. But I was going to ask you, should I dig them up and destroy them? No, no, or, no. It's, or do you know what that is? It's yes, it, yeah. yeah, we can tell you what it is. Yeah, scale insects. Um, and that's what they do. You know, the hydrangeas are, are very prone to it. Um, it's something that you can either probably deal with better once they've defoliated. Once they've lost the leaves, you can probably then just clean the plant up and start from a, a good start next year. Um, you need to use a good insecticide. Um, I would tend to buy it as the, in the concentrate form um, rather than the ready-to-use because quite often the ready-to-uses are made at a, a base level and you can use it at different concentrations um so read the pack because okay. <laughs> it'll say what is you it, can do it on there aren't many systemic ones around now is it, no. is, it is it bug clear ultra bug, bug clear and there's one um the westland one uh yeah resolver bug, bug killer um that's got a lot more in there than what meets the eye and I, i've used that a couple of times to good effect so there's Very a couple so there's a couple to give it a try. And the other thing I do is I know if you cut them hard back, you will lose some flower. But if it's a big bush, yeah. I would go through it and cut half the stems yeah. all the way down to the, to the crown, right down deep into the crown mm. of the plant. And that way you're removing some of it and then get it out of the garden completely, yeah. just get rid of it. Because that okay. way you've, you've opened it up, you can work on the, ins- the, the, the pest a lot better. But just start, like most things um, that get it, just start early. You know, when the, when the plant comes into leaf, give That's it a preventative spray rather than trying to cure the problem after. And should you cut the flowers off 
flowers off and can I take cuttings now? A bit late for cuttings, isn't it? A bit late for cuttings and the flower is... You might get away with them, though. Yeah, the flower bit is, is individual. They used to say no, but I think the modern varieties now tend to... Um, Juice buds and flower buds on their own, anyway. So whatever you like. And if you take cuttings, you'd have to get them indoors on the windowsill yeah. at this moment, wouldn't you? Yeah. You can't do them in sand, hydrangea. They, yeah, they root very easily. In, yeah. So there are. There's something nice and easy for you. And we're off to Harridge to talk to Colin, aren't we, Colin? What you yeah, got? Morning, Ken. Hello, Colin. What <laughs> you got? Morning, what morning, you got? Dave. Morning. Well, being down here at Harridge, like what we are, um, I've been down the beach with number one son and I've got a massive trailer full of black seaweed now at the moment all I've done is rinsed it off and thrown it into a sort of wooden box affair yeah um, and it's it's about two cubic meters as it lays at the moment <laughs> and what I want to know is what do I do with it now do I just put it on the land do I oh. dig it in do I let it I have off? a I was going to say, actually, I don't know that it's legal to actually <laughs> remove from the sea. It, 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 it actually isn't legal. I just thought I'd get uh, that one in, that, Colin. <laughs> yeah, I, th I, th I, think it's, I think it's a no-no if you take it off the rocks, but this is what all the wind is, uh, you know, it's the autumn sort of... Unattached. Yeah, so yeah, I, I know it's you're all talking. Unattached and what have you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, what do you do with well, it? It's rinsing, rinsing, rinsing. Yeah, isn't your it? big box of, of mess at the moment will end up a very small box of mess because it will really break down, um, and you'll get a lot of a lot of nice juice out of that that might not smell very nice, but um, and in fact, it's very, very salty. So in fact, yeah. you can't use the juice much, can you? No, it's just. I mean, I know with Jersey, they take it off the beaches, they give it a quick wash for you know, it sits on in piles and lets the rain knock it back, and they just dig it in. So I wouldn't, you know, worry too much in that sense. But mm. I would be more inclined to get it on the ground in the winter and let the winter uh -huh. wash it through the soil and break down than to store it and put it fresh yeah. and then plant. Right, because I'm, I'm doing sense. some uh, raised beds at the moment, um, ready for the winter, just yeah. to leave them fallow for the winter. But leave it on um, the... I will get it on the top of them raised beds and let the weather break it down and, and let the rain wash some of the salt through. Yeah, because it's the salt that's the problem. So if you store it like you you thought of in the box or you store it and keep adding water, you'll get lots of salt water, which you don't want. That's the bit you don't want. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did actually make a big sieve and then flushed it all through over the barrow oh, right. before it went in the box. So it's it's had a rinse through, you know, a good rinse through. Yeah, there's there's there'll be a bit inside it, and soil has salts in it naturally. It's just um, yeah. that you don't get too much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So chuck it on the beds. I would. Yeah. yeah. Go and, that way. And don't plant till spring. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, Colin. Best of luck <laughs> there. Lot, Thank you. Yes. They are um, our man in Harwich lifting seaweed off uh, wasted seaweed. And we go to John in Basildon. Hi, John. Hi, Ken. Uh, morning. It's, um, I've got a japonica that I've had for 10 years. I prune it every year, but it keeps putting runners under a wooden slate fence into the grass. Is there any way of right. stopping this from happening? Right. Now, Japonicas, I'm not being rude, but Japonicas are like a secondary name. So what we've got to do is find out what it is. Does it produce... Yellow a... flowers. So, yes. you... so yeah. it's a carrier. It's carrier Japonica. Right. 
Um, uh, it's uh, got the. It, it has the apple like. Um, oh no, that's Shenomenes. 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 All right. Which sometimes people call Cydonia japonica, but it isn't. Yeah. It's Shenomenes. Yes, flowering quince. It's a flowering quince, but not an actual quince. Although you can make jelly from the apples. Yes. All oh, right. Here they do sucker. Some of the low-growing ones do yes, sucker, don't and, they? Yes, and generally the more you're pruning the top, um, the more it will sucker because the plant is, is trying to new pr- react to the pruning and create new growth. It's a bit uh, like so you pruning. It's like animal grazing. It. It, it, it will respond. Um, yeah, you can. all you can do is just try to remove the suckers as they, as they appear. Um, right. and, and prune when it's most dormant, perhaps. Um, right, then, then yeah. it's unlikely to react so so much. I see. So uh, autumn time, sort of yeah. now, about now. Well, I'll go later yeah. autumn um, when the plant isn't growing, it's not got leaves on it, yeah. it doesn't look like it's doing anything, then get in there and have a good tidy up. Um, sometimes when you prune things and there's still life in them, they're more likely to react by throwing suckers up and things throwing like that. Throwing suckers under the grass, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Okay, thank you. Enjoy it, because it's a lovely plant. <laughs> yes, yes. Brings a bit of cheer uh, in the early part of the year, doesn't it? That's right, it does, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, John, thank you very thank much you. for your call. Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. Let's now go back to the phones and talk to Angie in South End. Sunny South End as well, isn't it, Angie? Yes, absolutely. It's fantastic sun in my back garden. That's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. What's um, your question? Can I just put a question to you, Ben? Yeah, what is it for? Morning? Yeah, what are you looking for? Goji berries. I have two goji berry plants. Uh, they've been in the ground for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, the flower, it's flowering now, uh, but I'm not seeing any fruit. It, the flowers are dying. Hello? We're thinking and listening. Having a ponder <laughs> on that one. And, um, <laughs> I've seen them on Two Tree Island, and they look like a, a, a small bush, whereas mine seems to be trailing, and I've got them uh, on the back oh, end. Bush, aren't they? Mm. Sometimes when they're the young plants, they will be quite flat to the ground, and then over time they build up, much like sort of cranberry bushes and things like that. How old are they, Angie? About 18 months. 18 months, did you say? I, I've got them in the ground for 18 yeah. months, but I don't... It's not um, long, is it? A year before, I suppose. I got them from a supermarket, I'm afraid. <laughs> Oh dear! Um, <laughs> they would have been young plants if you've got from, from a, a, a supermarket. They're oh. often what I would call a liner plant, something that a nursery would pot into a larger pot and grow on for probably yeah. six to twelve months before it's sold. So um, it is probably just the fact they are a bit young. I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't prune them. Give them a good feed. Just, in the spring. just give them a feed in the spring. You'll probably mm-hmm. find this coming year they will settle into a normal flowering fruiting pattern. Would you give them rose food in the something like a rose food or a tomato yeah, food? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whether they're um, like raspberries and the cranberries, whether they're slightly ericaceous. I think um, they are. They're I have in a that, that little yeah. pocket. So, yeah. uh, we'll check that one out. We might come back to you on that one because I think they are ericaceous. So you could use use the same feeds as those, but I would just give it time. I think you you start with a young plant rather than a, a semi mature plant. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. Thank you so much. That's a pleasure and. Well, Ask yep. another question. Of course you can. Trees. I'm so sorry. I have some fruit trees, uh, apple tree and pear tree. Um, people have said that I need to spray it for the winter now. 
<laughs> what, you do, can, what do you actually think, Dave? Well, about you used to that? be able to use a, a, a tree wash, a winter tree wash, um, yeah. and you normally use it just at leaf fall, so once the leaves are clear. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, fortunately, over the years, the winter tree washes aren't what we used to have. They've been very much uh, nannified, <laughs> um, oh. and they're not as effective as they used to be. So it oh. won't hurt. But okay. it's not always an easy task on a large tree. So if you can do it, uh, uh, you know, it's certainly not going to do any harm. But unfortunately, they're not what they used to be. Oh, thank you for that. Thank uh, you so much. All right, then, Angie. Thank you very much for your call. And we now go to Elizabeth in Rayleigh. 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 Hello, Elizabeth. Hello. You've, you've got your radio on, I know. Hold on, yeah, sorry. Your phone call came through so quickly. I've got, <clears throat> I've got a couple of problems. First of all, I've got a beautiful red rose, which is prolific in blossom, but it's covered, literally, the leaves with black spot. Can I chop it right back or not? Or what should I do? <laughs> um, I, I would be surprised if any rose didn't have black spot by this time of year. They normally <laughs> normally are covered it by it. <laughs> no, no, as well as you try to keep it off, it always gets there in the end. Um, you could. I mean, we're just getting roses in now, which are the first of the new season roses, and they are obviously very hard pruned um, in the pot. Um, we're getting milder winters. Generally, you wouldn't hard prune them, you know, the general rule say don't but I, I tend to i just tend to get them tidy get them pruned down i clear walked through chumpsford past chumpsford cathedral and they have done their rose bed and a lot of those are flora bundas yeah. as well as hybrid teas and i'll tell you what they're about seven to eight inches high max yes so they yeah. have been hard pruned they had a lot of black spots so. yeah i think with the way that it's milder winters black spot and mildew are more prone than ever um i would just get in there tidy them up get rid of the leaves um, and then spray them when they first come into the you know, proper leaf in the, in the spring. And so you don't leave your leaves in the garden, get rid of them completely yeah. because they will cut, they've got spores on them and that will spread. I would do my best, yes. My other problem is with, um, a li I've got a lilac, which is one of the small ones. I think it was a buzz or something. It was bought yeah. for me as yep. a present. Um, can I do anything with that? Because that's getting a bit out of hand. If, don't and you just shape those, well, Dave? If it's, if it's a... Did you say the Buzz? Buzz, buzz series. I think it's called... They're dwarf, yeah. aren't they? Well, the Buzz, buzz series were Budlias. Oh, Budlias, yeah. Rather than Syringas. Um, oh, so yeah. Budlia Buzz was... Well, so, so they're it's a dwarf, dwarf Budlia. Budlia. Um, so, you, again, yes, I, I would sort of just tidy it up. I wouldn't go too heavy. They don't like heavy um, pruning, They don't either. really like it, but we just don't want to cause damage through the winter. So I would just, just give it, get in there and, and tidy it and just make it winter ready, really. Um, Can I do it now? Because all the yeah. buttons died off now. Yeah, yeah, have a good tidy up now. Maybe then you could just reduce it a bit more in the spring. Okay. okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank okay, you. that's sorted. Elizabeth with her roses as well. Terry from Grey's. Uh, what Morning, are you? Ken. Now you're trying to move something. What are you trying to move, Terry? And some little self-set holly tree. Um, the stems are about a pencil thick. And uh, the, I'd, I'd like to uh, move them. Uh, I wonder what time of the year is best. Because they're evergreens, you normally do them in spring, don't you? Yeah, yeah, but you still I get... I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry too much. I would uh, give it a few weeks just to... Because we're in a hot spell. You wouldn't want to move them while you're in a warm spell uh, because they're going to think about growing. So give it a few weeks and, and have a go because often they're, they're lifting the bare root holly for, for bare root sales. They you will be. Them soon. <laughs> they will be doing that, so you'll not be alone in, in, your, in your task there. 
Uh, just, just, just try to disturb as little as possible and get them straight back in the ground. I mean, when you've got to consider that we've got 18 degrees roughly today, yeah. it's going up to 20-odd tomorrow, we've got some high temperatures around, so be careful that you don't do it until you've watched the temperatures drop. Just settle down to a normal night, temperature. Really. Isn't that right? Yeah, we just don't. don't want the plant growing actively when you're lifting it. OK. What about my Braeburn? Your Braeburn? What about yeah. your Braeburn? Yeah, it's uh, about three years old now, and it's had two good years of fruiting. Uh-huh. Um, but I've been uh, uh, thinning it out quite a lot, but then they didn't grow very much bigger than a plum. Um, do I thin them right out so there's only one per stem? Um, I would think about, is it in, in the ground, the plant? No, it's in a pot. So about I would... 18 I would, inches diameter. Yeah. I would say that you would either need to give it a larger pot, lots yes. of water and lots of feed, because well, a couple I give it lots of water every morning. Yeah, I would think Feed. about feeding because I think you've got a plant yeah. there that's been in a, in a fairly small pot for a, for a tree um, and the plant isn't getting enough feed to sustain the fruit. Oh, right. So in the springtime for it then? To, to Spring what, onwards, just I would just do a regular feed when you're watering it, just add a bit bit of something like tomorrow or you know, tomato feed. But keep feeding but through the summer. Do it regularly. So Grow when you more. water... Grow more on the top is fine, but um, yeah. it's just the water will wash it through. I'll just put a little bit in the water as you as you water it. Lovely. Thank you very much, Dave. All right. Okay. Thank you, Thank Terry. You. There's Terry from Greys, and we go to Valerie in Thundersea. Hello, Valerie. Hello, Ken. What? Got a problem with? I think it's called a cotton easter. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm talking about. It's right. I'm totally blind, so I really don't know a lot about it. <laughs> That's all right. <clears throat> Summer, um, it bloomed. Yep. White flowers. That's yeah. it. Fine. It's gone into berries, which are the little red berries. Yeah. And it's just decided. It's a flower again. To die. Oh, <laughs> oh to die. <laughs> oh, it's going to flower again then. <laughs> how, old, how old is it, Valerie? Um, I think it must be, I've been here 19 years. That so must be about 19, 18 years. It has just probably um, come to a, a natural end. It's been dry this season as well, yeah. hasn't it? Them and that, it's all gone black. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think sometimes shrubs, shrubs aren't always long living, um, and they have a range, you know. And sometimes they, they they go for twenty years, sometimes they go for forty years. But yeah. um, I think a, a plant of that age is it, just expired. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and that's been there because it's it's out in the Middle garden. Now, a fox wouldn't have done anything to not, that. Not on a plant that old, that age. Um, no, it would have to, I, I mean, it's just got to a stage. And I wonder if it's wet on it or whatever, you know, and it's done it. No, no, I think, you know, we plant these plants and, and 20 years out of something that, that if you were to replace that plant, it's probably going to cost you about 8 to £10. Um, mm, not no, bad no, value, fine. really, it's is it? <laughs> we, I'd had phoned up. Can I tell you who I phoned up and spoke to? <laughs> I phoned up their garden centre, basically. I phoned up to Walton's. Yeah. yeah. They said that wait till spring, and then they'll have some in. Yeah, they don't, you know, the cotoniesters aren't the plants or the popular plant that they used to be. No. Um, and the nursery's just growing in batches, and they're not always available at the time. You might want them, That's ideally, right, for planting right. in the autumn. Most of them are available in the spring. All right. That's lovely. Thank you very much. 
That's Valerie from Thundersley. She's given us a call on 0300 200 4041. That's 0300 200 4041. That's the number to call where we can talk gardening. That's 0300 200 4041. Uh, it's a nice note from a Miss Gazala. Now, Miss Gazala uh, starts off by saying, Love listening to the show via the podcast. So there are, there's a reminder for me. Yes, the podcast of this program is available this afternoon. And all you have to do is go to the front of our BBC Essex website and it will feed you through to it. That's bbc.co.uk forward slash Essex. And that's where, yeah, that's where she listens to the programme. And you get extra tips on that programme as well on what you could be doing in the garden. Her question on an email is, last year in March, with your advice, I planted two dwarf stellar cherries, bare root. They grew nicely and gave a handful of cherries this summer. One of them seems to have grown to four metres tall, whereas the other is only two. Could I reduce the height of the four metre one? Any tips for autumn and winter? Now, it's a stone fruit. Yes. So, just because uh, it seems a bit glib because a lot of people prune them at the wrong time and don't have any trouble, but yeah. it's actually bacterial canker and sil- silver, leaf. silver leaf and things like yeah. that you're trying to avoid. So, we don't prune in winter, do we? Certainly don't recommend it. I think quite often people will do it and they get away with it, but there is every chance that you're encouraging or reducing the the uh, chance that that's going to get that. So wait till the summer um, and give it a prune then. So they are. Prune it then. Um, will it? Yeah, it's a bit four metres. You can't... It's funny because one's two, one's four, yeah. and they were the same tree, but that happens, isn't it? Like, Spe- especially that's from like, Bear Root, like, one an established That's like us, isn't yeah. it? Some grow tall, some are short. You know, see, my three kids are all different sizes. Well, there you are. <laughs> that, that's, that's a good example, isn't it? Yeah? So they are... That's the time to do it. Uh, do it in the summer when yeah. the fruits... When you pick the fruit, is is an ideal time for plums, peaches, um, all the stone fruits. All the, stone. All the, the stone only fruit. danger could be, Ken, if, if it's had a real growth spur and they're very, if it's very soft, whippy growth, that, that could sort of flap around in the winter winds and, and damage the tree. If you think that's going to happen, then perhaps tidy them up. But Okay. If not, leave them alone. Let's go back to the phones. No, number to call is 0300 200 40 41. And we're talking to Vic in Colchester. Hello, Vic. Hello, Vic. Hello. Um, I've lifted some of my gladiola bulbs. Right. And uh, I've got those little white knobbles on them. Yeah. Now, can I, re- can I grow them? <laughs> um. If over a long period of time you can, um, that would oh. take a while for those nodules to actually oh, form a bulb. It's not worth it, then, is it? I wouldn't say it's worth it. You could, you know, for how many years do you think it would take? You could it take be... up to ten, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, up to ten years, Vic. Oh God, oh, I don't think I last that long. <laughs> if, if, you lift, if you lift them every year, then it's not worth it. If you're just one of those people that leave them in the ground and dig them up every five or six years, perhaps you think right dig them up and you find some reasonable size uh, corms, it's worth replanting them yeah, and giving well, them a year or two. I was told if you could, if you, if you took them out and uh, put a peat over the top of them, they'd grow. But, um, yeah, they will. It'll just take a while to flower and build a corm yeah, ready to go it, again. For uh, what, what £2.50, £3 for 10 or 12 corms, it's probably not worth the aggravation. Yeah. No, I don't think it will be. Thank you very much, anyway. Uh, OK, Vic in Colchester. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Every Saturday from 11. And we're talking to Ken from Southwood and Furrows. Hi, Ken. Hi, 
Uh, I've got um, a plant that's come up from seed. Uh, it's in a pot. It looks like um, a conifer, but it's got large, dark pink flowers on top of it. It's got one stem, just the one stem, with like um, leaves coming off of it. But on top, it's got dark pink flowers. And the pink flowers look like the same sort of flowers as a cosmos. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Ooh. I've been asking around, and no one doesn't seem to know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's but hang on, are you confusing. sure it isn't a cosmos? No, it's not a cosmos, no. Because cosmos can grow four or five feet high, some of them, yeah. can't they? Well, I've measured this. It's about seven, over seven foot high now. It's just the one stem, and it's got these dark, dark flowers on top of it. Oh, wow. Dark uh, pink flowers. I wouldn't rule out still wouldn't rule, rule, rule out, out cosmos, cosmos neither would I. There are border you, types. You know, that will, well, it's, but I've seen them six, seven foot tall. Have you? I've um, seen them four and five. So yeah, if you grow them for sort of cutting, as far as the flower and rather you, than the bedding one, they and don't pinch tall. them out. They go. It's in a yeah. pot and it, it came from seed. I put the seeds in the pot. And that's what came up. Yeah, because... So what seeds did you put in the pot? Ah. <laughs> I, the, um, the seeds, it said on the, on the uh, packet, um, large, large flowers, different colours. <laughs> but what, Very what helpful. What was, I don't know. Yeah, no, I reckon um, the one that we, we tried, or we grew some from uh, one of the Sir Raven seeds for the cutting... Um, and we popped them in pots, um, and they ended up really tall with a dark pink, and they've still got that ferny, feathery leaf um, right. to them. So I reckon it's just one of the taller cosmos that's in was in the mix. You do? Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right, thanks very much. Okay, then. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank, thank you. Thank you. It's a gardening phone-in on 0300 200 4041. There's a line free at the moment if you'd like to give us a call. Tell us your successes, failures, whatever you want. Um, we're pleased to hear from you. We said we'd talk about Roger. Uh, Ro not talk about Roger. We wouldn't dare no, talk Roger, about I'll Roger. <laughs> when do you cut back Montana clematis? Do you do it after the leaves fall? And if so, how far? You You'll cut it. next year's growth off then, won't you? You're cutting next year's buds, yeah. yeah. Uh, the spring flowering then, and we flower just as they come into leaf um, or before. So if you really want to tidy the plant up and remove pieces, fine. Um, but generally I'd wait until it flowers, let it come into growth, and then just deal yeah. with it then. I mean, I sometimes tidy them just by cutting the fronts out a bit yeah. if they're hanging all over the place. But, yeah. I mean, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. Just, yeah. just let, it, let it flower, let it finish flowering. And then you can get really stuck into it, and what you'll get back, the growth after that, will be next the year after's flowering growth. And then you can train it, which yeah. will help, won't it? Yeah. Whereas we don't. I mean, we're not very good with Montanas, <laughs> are we? Just let them grow. They just go sprawling everywhere. They and do, they don't they? A problem, and then that? you think, what am I going to do with this blooming thing? <laughs> uh, Lynn in White Notley, she has sent a, a, a message, a text, and said, my stephanosis plant has two seed pods bigger than chicken's eggs. Do I leave them on or do I harvest them? If so, when? Well, it's it's a bit like growing gladioli, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but they won't take quite as long to grow, will <laughs> no, they? No, no. I would tend to take them off. You don't really want to... The plant is putting a lot of energy into doing that. Um, but if you want to... It's, it's fun to try to grow new plants from seed, but it can be sometimes longer than it's worthwhile. So they are. Stefano, but... If you now, let's just in case she wants to harvest them. You, I, if she's got two, definitely take one off. Yeah. 
and then you've got to, it changes colour slightly, doesn't it? It, it goes, goes a bronzy colour, yeah. doesn't it? Doesn't go brown. It's bronzy green, yeah. isn't it? And then have it. It's a bit like an avocado, bronze avocado. It goes that sort of colour, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? It's, you could. I mean, I've done it with seed pods. When you take them off and they're a bit young, just leave them on the windowsill. Or something. And they dry they, out. They carry on. And right then you and cut them open, get the seeds out, and try to grow them if you want yeah. to. Bit of fun can be. Um, don't forget, you can give us a call on 0300 200 40 41. That's the number to call to talk gardening here in the studio with Dave Gillam and Ken Crowther. Uh, we are taking your calls now. And there's a note here from Rob. And Rob says, please correct me, but I thought they had stopped feeding seaweed to potatoes in Jersey. And that's why the flavour's not so good. Now, I thought he was joking, actually. Yeah. That's why I was careful how I read it all. But, in fact, uh, that's an interesting one because he's obviously thinks that Jersey potatoes aren't as good a flavour as they used to be. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. They used to, didn't they? Well, like, there was a programme I watched not so long ago on telly and that was about the Jersey Royals. They were still Royals, doing it. Because to be a Jersey Royal, that was part of the remit that they were growing in the field. It's actually, um, if you buy Jersey Royal out of Jersey, it's a bit like the old Cornish pasty scenario, um, then they're called international kidney, um, but th- they—that's the technique. Just pile the seaweed on and uh, grow in the fields in Jersey. But may have changed. May have changed. We got a note from Zena in Zinana, sorry, in Whitham, and she says uh, she's grown cosmos just under six foot, which was sown by a bird. Yeah. So it can happen. Yeah, it's only the modern hybrids that make them shorter, really. That is a tall plant. It used to be a very tall plant, indeed. Give us a call now on 0300 200 40 41. I just wanted to mention, because this, this man opposite me is a dahlia expert. <laughs> now, he's not a boasting man, but you've actually won some awards for your dahlias this year, haven't you? I have. <laughs> now, tell us more. What, what did you actually get? We got I got the uh, Kent Championship and Best Exhibit and then Best Exhibit and Show at the National, which is at the old Wisley Grounds this year. And then on the Surrey and Best Exhibit again there. So, so you must be very shows, pleased. Three Best Exhibits. Yeah, I've been out of it for a couple of years, moving the house and priorities and all that. Um, so growing just a few plants. Only I had about 200 plants um, no. compared to my 800 that I used to have. Is yeah. uh, Nice. Now, people will be growing dahlias at home, just like you do, yeah. and uh, they're all in full flower. I mean, is it, it? will they just keep going until we get frost? Because we're talking... Yeah. Just earlier, I was talking about, you know, how we've got hot weather coming. Yeah, there's a load of buds coming on mine again. Um, they will keep going, but once the weather slows down or the cold nights slow down, you'll see the plant naturally look a bit tired, and that's just a cold effect. Um, I would tend to start pruning them back a little bit just to stop the wind um, knocking them flat or damaging the roots um, if you're going to either keep them in the ground or dig them up but have, in, have them enjoy them while you can because they do look good they will come to an end so. and would you also I mean the other thing the big question isn't it is do I lift them do I leave them in the ground you're, yeah. a, li- you're a lift man I'm a lift I think living in Essex most people in Essex are a lift if you're in the lovely uh, Kent's lighter soils and things they're they're a herbaceous perennial, um, but they just don't like sitting in wet, cold clay through the winter. Um, but if they do and they get away with it, great. Leave them in. It's easier. If you've got a text, just text us here in the studio, 81333. Put Essex on the front and we will uh, take your text as well. 
And give us a call now on 0300 200 4041. There's a line free at the moment that we can deal with. That's 0300 200 4041. Give us a call now. Let's hear about your runner beans. Have they got blown away in the winds of recent times? Have they destroyed themselves? Have you got your winter cabbage in? Have you got your onion sets ready to put in for the winter? Have you got your garlic lined up? What about all these things that you should be doing in the garden? Tell us more. It's too mild, I know. You're all out there sunbathing. I'll tell you what, I, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I actually stopped somewhere. I can't remember where. I sat, I know, I sat on a seat in a park. How about that? And the sun came out, and I couldn't believe how hot it was. Mm. Absolutely incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. I didn't work yesterday. I've been putting Christmas decorations up. That yeah. feels strange when no, it's that hot. that does, yeah. <laughs> no, I was supposed to work yesterday, but the lorry load of conifers never turned up, so I never planted them, which was a bit upsetting. Uh, we've got um, Coronilla... My coronilla is not flowering. Uh, no, it's flowering now. Will it flower again in the spring? Yes, it probably will. It's a lovely um, little yellow climbing plant. Um, oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Small flower. Yeah. Not massive flowers. No, nice sweet scent. Um, it should do, shouldn't no it? No reason why. Not quite often. They, they, any spring flowering plant can have a little rebirth in the, in the autumn if the growth's old enough to produce. So, yeah, enjoy it. Double bubble. Jean has given us a call on 0300 200 41. Give us a call and we'll talk to you about gardening. What would you like to chat about, Jean? Um, cosmos. Yeah. Will they reseed their cells? Yeah. They will, so just leave them. They're inclined they to seed themselves, yes, aren't they? Yes, they are. You just, the hard thing with anything that's self-seeding like that is that if you're a gardener, you tend to garden the soil. So just as they start to... to germinate um you end up doing some weeding and <laughs> weed them out uh, I, i'd rather personally i'd rather just pick some seed pods uh, heads off keep yeah. them aside sow them in a bit of uh composting in the spring yourself yeah. and then yeah, plant we, them we do that but i mean they've been so lovely the doubles and the singles this year i've just wondered if we just left the plants as they mm. are now the only problem you might find, especially with the, the, the doubles and that, is that they are often hybrids, F1 hybrids. Ah. Um, so you're buying that packet of seed or the plant that is, is that plant. Yeah. The seeds are often not um, going to come up the same as what they come off of. Right, okay. So it's then. worth the fun because you'll get all sorts of colours, shapes, sizes, heights. But yes. if you want what you had bloom. last year. Very long blooming. Yes, yeah. Do you pinch the first flower off? No. No. Ah, oh, well, that's the way no. to do it. If yeah. you pinch the first flower off or the, the growing tip off early, um, then you, you'll keep the plants a little bit squatter and, and help the flowering onwards. Oh, that's a good tip. Thank you very much. All right. That's what we're here for. Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. We haven't got Maureen in Braintree, but before that, we've got Sylvia and Nigel. So let's talk to Sylvia first about... Uh, you're talking about some shrubs. Are they in a corner of your garden? What uh, What was the question? Hello. Hello, um, Sylvia. I'd just like to say that I've got a Gary elliptica in the back garden, and mm. it has um, little tassels on yeah. intermittently. It doesn't have them every year. Now, are these a biannual? No, no, it's just been... In, uh, are you pruning it? Yes. It, it could be just with just be the pruning that is getting you growth of different ages and maturity. So oh, as, as it old, matures, it's... It's, it's shrub. Yeah. 
Yeah, they... Last year it was beautiful, but mm. I did clip it after it um, had the tassels had on. Had the tassels, yeah. It's just been... It's, I've seen them do it all sorts of times of the year, but quite often I the pruning will give it... I it was seaweed feed, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to have helped. <laughs> help the flowering or, or controlling no, it? No, the seed... Well, it doesn't help the tassels. I do like to see the tassels on it. Yeah, so when they come a bit later or earlier, they come either end of the year normally. They came late in the year. Yeah, um, then they're on there a bit longer. But when they're not necessarily coming at the time they should, they don't always develop the same. Oh, thank you. Another question I'd like to ask if you've got time. Yeah, we'll fit you um, in. I've got um, a camellia, and um, that is really old, and it's got uh, some lovely seeds on at the moment. Now, do I soak these seeds before I put them in again? Because I've never had seeds as many as I've got at the moment, which are very hard shells. Oh, they're hard now, because mm. quite often they come soft, soft they? Um, like a little well, they're, they're in like um, their own little uh, coating. So yeah. I took them out of the casing. Oh, she's got them out of the casing. Right, yeah. right, she's out of the casing. Yeah, because no, they come in that casing. Um... I would let them dry a bit uh, just to make sure that they're, they're dry and then, um, yeah, have right. a go. But I wouldn't perhaps... Um, you've got two ways. You could do it so that you put them in a pot, leave them over winter, the cold will... You know, they go through a cycle and as it warms up, they might think about germinating. Um, right. Or you just hold fire, pop them in oh. in the spring. Oh, thank try you it. very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye there. That's Sylvia from Loughton, and we go to Nigel from Harwich. What would you like to talk about, Nigel? Uh, Good morning, all. Uh, Yeah, it's garlic and chives. Yeah. Uh, We were fortunate enough, we went to Slovenia in the summer, and we got hold of some giant garlics. Mm -hmm. Elephant garlics. Yeah. Well, I don't know what, what the name is or anything, but I let one grow into flour. Mm. Beautiful flower, lovely flower head and stuff. Now, my question is, is that the wrong thing to do if I wanted them to multiply? Yeah, (laughs) sort of. Garlics are always, um, by division of the the corn itself, the bulb itself, um, is the easiest way you can. It's like onions. Um, You can go to flower, they produce a flower head, um, and you can get baby sort of onions from that that head. There's a lot of messing about. Um, the, the giant onion, uh, garlic is normally what we call elephant garlic, and you'll get a really yeah. big, big clove. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. And you normally plant that clove, and then that clove will, will divide, and you'll end up with more big cloves that you can then plant the following year. Okay. It takes a while to get a, a sensible number up. Is it just a one? It is just a one. It hasn't got any... You couldn't split it, could you? No, there was only no. one, one uh, clove, if you like. That you planted, yeah. 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 So you might find if you lift it that there'll be multiple cloves now at the bottom. Oh, OK, that's fine. Does the same apply to chives, just out of interest? Well, chives are more clump-forming, aren't they? Yeah, it's just, you know, a, root, it's just a root plant. base, not, not with a bulb. So it doesn't matter. They will flower if you're not sort of cutting them back, but I wouldn't worry about that. That's not, not a bad thing. Oh, that, that's great. OK. No? All right. That's Nigel. Thank you very much, Nigel, for your call. Julie from Croydon, across the water there. Uh, what would you like to know, Julie? Hello. I've got a Cytisus. Cytisus, yeah. Yeah, sort of broom. Yep. And it's really pretty, but it's getting out of shape and it's too <laughs> tall. So uh, how are you supposed to prune them? <laughs> they don't like it. 
No, um, I'll, I'll tell a very quick story. I grew cytisus uh, brooms in my mum and dad's garden all those years ago, and they got to something like five and a half feet high. I reduced yeah. them by half, and I they never grew again. They lasted right. one more season with a couple of sprigs, and that was it. Yeah. Oh, they okay. don't like um, it, do they? Yeah. Have you got any have tips to, for pruning, might, Dave? I might have to get rid of it. <laughs> well, quite often you see it done as a young plant. So if you're doing light mm. trimming after flowering on on young plants, they That's seem right. to be fine. They, they deal with it's that. It's when they grow big. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a bit like lavenders as well. If you just trim them back yeah. every time they flower, um, you'll keep them a nice squat, full bushy plant without too much old wood. Once yeah, they get out I of hand, mm, then they are that. Risk it. No. Take take a third thank out the you. top and risk it. Okay, thank Got you. Nothing to lose, have you? Uh, Julie, <laughs> no. can you let us know how you get on with it? We'd love to know All next right. spring. All right? Okay. Bye. That, bye-bye there. That's Julie from Croydon. I must just mention this, this uh, because um, the, the guy who wanted you to identify a plant, he said it looks like a conifer with a flower on top, but Cosmos that you suggested looks nothing like a conifer at all. He's just looked it up, but he knows nothing about gardening, this guy that sent it. <laughs> it's because it has lots of little ferny, feathery, ferny feathery things. Let's give us a call now. To uh, No, we go to Sheila in Stansted Mount Fidget. Hello, Sheila. Hello. I just want to know, I've got a miniature lilac, the real lilac, mm-hmm. in a pot which has been in there for about 15 years, and I want to know whether I can take it out of that pot and put it in another one and move it. And yeah. do I trim it? Um, you can, but the fact it's been growing in a pot, you're not going to be damaging roots and disturbing it too much. It's no different to buying a container-grown plant in a garden centre and planting it. Um, oh. So if you wanted to tidy it up a bit, you could, but, yeah, move it, pot it and up, it's fine. Will I be able to put it in another pot and give it fresh soil? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. When would you do it, Dave? Just next oh, next soon. month? Yeah, soon. Yeah, just thank let you. it cool down a bit and then do it. All right. Thank you very much indeed. Bye-bye. That's, that's a pleasure. That's uh, That was Sheila from Stouncey Mount Fidget. That's always a lovely one, isn't it? Stouncey Mount Fidget. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Maureen from Hockley. <laughs> Hello, Hi, Maureen. Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Dave. Morning. Um, can I ask a couple of questions, please? Of course you can, yeah. Um, I have some plants, very large, beautiful plants. I think they're seleniums. I've got a feeling that's what they're called. They, they've got hundreds of sort of small sunflower-like flowers on them. Is that a selenium? Helenium. 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 I knew it was yeah. something like that. Yep. Um, they're overshadowing everything, so I do need to move them. One question is, when do I move them? And also, when do I cut them right down? Is it now or is it in the spring? Heleniums are sort of one of those heavy-duty perennial plants, aren't yeah. they? Mm. Um, I would let them finish doing what they're doing. Right. When the flowers finish. When the mean? flowers are finished. Cut them back then. Cut them quite hard back, you know, a few inches from the ground, because they're all going to shoot from the ground. Right. And then you can lift that clump up. Do the old two could do it in the winter, could yeah, it? in the winter when it's, it's winter. dormant, split it up into clumps and then replant. Fine. Can I ask another question? Of course, you can. Yeah. I have a Christmas tree. Sorry <laughs> about this. <laughs> about the Christmas word. That's all right. Um, I'm used to it now. <laughs> it's about 18 years old, and it's about 10 foot high in a great big tub. Mm-hmm. But the lower branches are green at the ends and very, very brown. The rest mm. of them. Yeah. Now. Do you think feeding would do any different, make any difference, or do you think I should cut them off? 
the, you won't get new growth from old old stems no. on on Christmas trees. I mean, as they're growing them in the fields, they're constantly trimming the lower branches to keep them full and, and tipped. Um, but once they get to how you've got them now, then there isn't really any going back. So I will trim them off, and then you can get even bigger presents under your tree then. Brilliant. Well, it is outside, obviously. It's huge. So I just cut it off straight to the... Clean to the stem, clean yeah. to the trunk, yeah. But, okay. But do feed that Christmas tree on a regular yeah. basis, because it does need feed. And also, just lightly trim... If you want to keep it bushy and green, you just go over it. You can go over it with shears. Yeah. Just lightly tip it. Just brush it with the shears. Oh, OK. And you'll keep it, and then it'll keep branching at the end. But you'd normally, you'd normally do, do that, that sort of June, July or yeah. July time. Not this right, time of year. When can I start feeding it? Is it is now too late? Uh, it is really. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to. It won't hurt, but it won't do you much good. So I'll okay. just wait till we get into the spring. All right. Oh, thank you ever so much. That's a pleasure. Bye. Bye, Bye there. Uh, there's a line free. We can get you in now on 0300 200 4041. Still time to fit you in there. I'll go back to my. Uh, uh, text is which have come in on 81333 with Essex on the front but that number to call is 0300 200 4041 um, we did that the Coronilla didn't we yes yes uh, Colin and Harry says his collies and cabbages have a little white bug in them what should he do I don't really know what he means by a white bug Might do be you a bit of woolly aphid in there some, or um, even the skins of aphids could be, couldn't it? There's not a lot you can do at this time of year. There's not much no. to spray. There's only contacts, aren't there? Contact sprays yeah, for vegetables. Yeah, them on the market now because of the way the chemicals are changing, most of them are now contacts, and, and there's a lot of um, soap-based sprays now that you can use. But you'll probably find it is, it's been and gone. It's done it. Um, it's done its It's just stuff. left its shells and skins behind. Um, I used to get the hose on them and wash away and see what's Could left. Could wash it away, couldn't you? And I hope you're covering them, uh, Colin and Harwich, because if not, the old woodies will be down and eating <laughs> them alive. Um, 0300 200 4041. Come on, I can get your call in before the end of the programme. And we've just got another one to deal with here from Joe. My winter pansies are flowering well in the pot. Should I give them tomato feed? If yes, how long into the winter should I continue? Now... If you've put a bit of fertiliser or planted them in, in new, new compost, compost or even added compost to that container, there's not really much you can do, is there? No, there wouldn't be any need to it. If, it's, if they're in the ground and it's a bit tired, it wouldn't hurt. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to feed anything this time of year, then use a, a t- we say use a tomato fertiliser, but what we're saying is using a high potash fertiliser, which and a liquid. that is, as a liquid. So it's just a quick perk up. Um, but don't use the standard plant feeds this time of year. Because like they grow t- mores or any like grow, that? Grow they, mores, they're too slow, aren't they? They're too slow, and then and even the other soluble feeds, they're quite high in nitrogen, and that's the last thing you want to be doing going into winter. Now, it says how long into the winter. I mean, I wouldn't do it. If the temperatures hold as they are at the moment, yeah. you can feed. Yeah. But once the temp- night temperatures particularly drop, then you just, just stop. Just leave them to get... One, one feed this side of winter, you probably wouldn't need to do it again until the spring. And it's a reminder, really, that people plant pansies and violas. You must be selling them yeah. now up at Abercorn. Yeah. Um, but 
they plant them in flower. That is so important. If you're buying from, um, you know, a mail order or anything, you often get them small without flower. A, almost a plug plant. But you do need to plant. grow them on. Yeah. Because if they're not in bud and flower when they go in the ground, they won't flower through the winter, no, will they? they often just sit there in green leaf until the spring. So it's one of the few things that you do plant in flower. We, we often say, you know... Take the flowers off, take, take the flowers, the flowers off. off but yeah. don't. But, but it pairs this vibe. I think the modern-day violas are so good in their free flowering. Would you use viola the, in preference to pansy, do you think? I would, I would, because I think individually, perhaps on the bench when people look at it, small flower, but it gets so many of them, the actual impact is better. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the questions, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. And if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call and be part of the programme? Yes, every Saturday morning from 11 here on BBC Essex. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour, every Saturday from 11. BBC Essex.